Next Chapter Podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Since we started doing this podcast, this is one of my favorite songs. God, I love this riff. Oh, that. Put a little bit of Michael Stipe's vocals on it. Makes this one of the most iconic songs. It's the one I love off the fifth studio album document by the band R.E.M. It's also number 462 out of 500 on Spotify original, The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. What's up, everybody? I am your host. Thank you for joining me on the podcast where each week we're going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest albums. If you're wondering why I started this podcast, it's because about a year ago, I went through an existential crisis. And I started realizing that I just want to be moved every day. I want to feel stuff. You know what I mean? And musically, I was tapped out. I'm listening to the same 40 artists from like middle school and high school. It's just Stone Temple Pilots and fucking Guns N' Roses and Miles Davis and Radiohead. That's Those are great bands. But I want to know what else is out there. So I saw this list uh, inspired by my good friend, Angelo Bowers, who passed away. And I was like, I'm going to do this for Angelo, man. I'm going to listen to the 500 greatest albums over 500 days. And I started posting about it, right? And as I was posting about it on social media, which you can follow me at Josh Adam Myers, Jim Jeffries actually reached out and he was like, I love the Stone Roses. It's one of my favorite records of all time. God, the memories this album brings. And I was like, that's the podcast I'm doing. I want to open up the world to the greatest recorded music of all time. So here we are with Spotify. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Thank you to Spotify for believing in me and this show enough to make it a Spotify original. But most importantly, I want to thank all of you that have been listening from the jump. All of you that got hooked on our first episode when we were breaking down Outcast Equemini with Byron Bowers. If you joined in when you heard the Bill Burr episode, thank you. If you joined in when you heard Burt Kreischer, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if you're joining us for the first time and you subscribed, you are all a part of the Fleece Army. I got to give a huge thanks to everybody at the Just for Laughs Festival for making our live taping of this episode so special. I love you, Nick. I love you, Olivia. I love you, Sophia. I love you, Bart. I love you, Allison. Thank you, guys. We had an incredible time, and I think it's going to show in this episode. All right. Take a screenshot of how you're listening to The 500 and tag me at Josh Adam Myers. Put a hashtag, The 500 Podcast, on your Instagram stories. Give me a 24-hour ad and get the word out. Now, this album is a good one. Released on September 1st, 1987 and produced by Scott Litt, Document is the fifth album by the Athens, Georgia alternative band R.E.M. The band formed in 1980 with Michael Stipe on lead vocals, Mike Mills on bass and backing vocals, Peter Buck on guitar, and Bill Berry on drums, and they put out their first single, Radio Free Europe, in 81. 
Up until this record, REM were the darlings of college radio that seemed willfully disobedient of appealing to the mainstream. Their lyrics were hard to hear and difficult to understand. They refused to lip sync in their few music videos that had perplexing album cover art, and they didn't seem to care whether or not they became successful. As guitarist Peter Buck said right before Documents release, we wanted to make a tougher-edged, loose, weird, semi-live, in-the-studio album. I don't see this as the record that's going to blast apart the chart, although we never know. Weirder things have happened. And weird as it may have seemed, Document had their first legitimate radio hit when The One I Love went to the top 10, and this became their first top 10 and platinum-selling album. As this album fulfilled their contract with the indie label IRS Records, they would soon make the transition to the huge corporate Warner Brothers records, which would catapult R.E.M. to their time as the biggest band in the world. I think as a fan, that's when I joined in, because I was a big, shiny, happy people. When I heard that shit, I was all in. And you know who else is all in? My guest this week. From Mad TV and Harold and Kumar, you know him as being one half of the wildly popular podcast Tiger Belly, my good friend Bobby Lee. This was an incredible episode to tape live at Just for Laughs. Bobby's a real fan, and I think you guys are going to love it. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 on Spotify and anywhere you get your pods. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. Email the podcast at 500podcasts at gmail.com. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Well, y'all, there's nothing left to do but say, here we go with number 462 out of 500 with Document by R.E.M. Greetings, Montreal. You guys excited? I can, it's palpable. My guest today is someone that I love so much from the Tiger Belly Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, big round of applause for the one and only Bobby Lee. This Bobby, Bobby, where is Bobby Lee? Didn't do, didn't do. This one goes out to the Bobby Lee. Guys, give it up for Bobby Lee, ladies and gentlemen. Appreciate it. Your name is Josh, correct? I'm a big fan. Big fan. (laughs) Um, Thanks for having me on. And uh, I've always been a big fan of yours. All right. So our album today is number 462 out of 500. It's the fifth album document by R.E.M. Mm. Released September 1st, 1987. Produced by Scott Litt and R.E.M. There's two fucking Asians in there. We made sure they were both here so you could feel comfortable. <laughs> that you, we that's we wanted to them? make sure you were comfortable, and you know in your rider you have at least two Asians. When I asked you to do this, yes. uh, you actually said you are a fan of R.E.M., right? How well, did, first of all, listen, I'm a fan of music, as you know. Okay? So fan. I started with, I'm a very, I'm an alt kind of guy. Yeah. Right. So when I was a kid, I grew up with um, the Velvet Underground, Roxy Music, because my cousin Paul, who was kind of a bully, but he taught me like things about movies and music. You know, that I like Joy Division. But then as you got into the 80s, I discovered Murmur, right? Yeah. When I was a young man. I think that's the album before this one. I know it is. I'm going to tell you about... I'll tell you the order of how I like R.E.M. album. Okay, okay? The first one I like is something that no one else likes, 
which I love the album Up. What's on Up? It's got uh, My Most Beautiful. So there's a couple of really cute songs on there that's really like uplifting. Okay. My second one is Automatic for the People, obviously. That's, that's everyone's that Shiny one. Happy People? What? Shiny no, that, that's, that's, a, that's not automatic for the people. That's not, that's not that. Anytime you get the B-52s in a song, it's it's perfect for me. He doesn't listen. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm, a, no, I'm, a big, I love, I'm a big I love shiny those. happy And then person. the third one is Document. Which is the album which, that we're doing. What we're talking about. So yeah. tell me about how old were you when you first got into Document and like what were your feelings then and what, how are they weird that my hand's on you? No, please keep them there. It's actually making me quite comfortable. really warm Bobby has his hand on my knee. But it's cold. In here. this social climate, I think you should move it. Okay, sorry. <laughs> um, what was the question? Uh, so, like, so how old were you when you first heard Document? I was probably um, 19, maybe 18. I'm old, first of all. I'm almost 50. And people think that I'm like, how am I 39 and I look older than you? Like, this is insane. Yeah, because I'm someone that tied I preserve my life. <laughs> Oh, you you have yeah, 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 you can preserve Dude, your life. Dude, I've seen the way you live. There, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I have to say this. We live on the same street yeah, yeah, in yeah, Hollywood, yeah, yeah, yeah. and one morning when I was getting ready to go on the road, I woke up, and there were flyers pasted <laughs> on at least 200 cars of his face yeah, saying, I'll show, I'll show the saying he I'll doesn't pick up his dog I'll shit. I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you, my friend, okay? So this is what the flyer said, okay? So I was... Walking my dog, as you do, as a, an American free citizen. Okay, I am allowed to walk my dogs in public areas, correct? Guy in the bald-headed guy with the testicle head? Can I call you testicle head? I don't know you that well. I like that guy in back of you, too. You have my shirt on. Oh, thank don't you. Don't call my friend Bobby testicle head. It's... Oh, I'm sorry, Bobby. I love you. So, um, basically, so I was walking my dog at 3 in the morning, and then all of a sudden, I hear, hey! I turn around. It's this young Latino woman. I go, hola, whatever, you know what I mean? You try Hello, to connect, I, mean, I get it. I try to connect, and she starts screaming at me. You're a piece of shit. You shit your dogs all over our neighborhood. It's got to stop. I go, I never fucking shit my dog in your lawn. You have, I have it on videotape, which is fucking weird. You know what's even funnier what? is that you go into my front yard to shit your dog. I know, I know. But also, I, what's <laughs> I even weirder than that is that you're calling it shit your dog. <laughs> Can we all just agree on that? Just can you call it your dog makes a boom boom or something? <laughs> like my dog makes a I'm stinky. From, I'm, from the, no, I'm from the streets. He's got like nine. <laughs> shit. All right. So, so we, anyway, let me get to the stuff. All right. We'll I'll, get to document in a second. Okay, okay. cool. So then I go, she, I go, listen, lady, I, I'm so sorry. I'll never do it again. And she had her phone out. She was trying to tape it. So she thought I was going to say something like weird. Right. But she didn't catch that. So I go, you know what? Call the cops then. She starts crying. You want me to call the cops? I go, yeah. So she run, runs across the street to her house. Her boyfriend comes out. They do a little stare down. I walk my dogs in. Two hours later, they've printed 10,000 of these flyers. Everywhere. Everywhere in, in LA. We, we'll post it to the website. I'll post and it to And I will my read Instagram it to you right now. So everybody I will read can it to see you this. Standing. Okay? I will read it to you standing. Okay? Spoken word style. <laughs> Hi. I'm Bobby Lee. I have a couple of dogs. They look like rats and they bite. Fuck you, bitch. Um, I don't... Sorry, you don't know her. But she's a bitch. Um, I don't clean up after them ever. If I've let my dogs defecate on your property and you feel as though I owe you money or an apology, you just know where to find me. And then she put my fucking address on this flyer. 
Oh yeah, she did the full everything. Like where he performs, he's like, right. <laughs> she, she's it, like, this Friday he's at the comedy store at yeah. ten thirty, and then she goes at my thing, at my girlfriend's handle, at my podcast. So what we did was we took the flyer and we made T-shirts, and they sold out in th- three minutes. And I made like that's incredible. I, I don't ever tell people how much I make, but I made like twenty five G's. Okay. Holy shit. So, hey, lady, go fuck yourself. Thank you for the money. Because when you take suffering and pain and you can turn it into money, that's how you live your life. All right, so you're 19 years old. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I want to get it back on the Yeah, yeah go ahead. You're yeah, 19 years old. I'm going to do everything I can so we, we don't talk about documents. Oh, that's impossible. So you're going to see Trust a poll. Me. You're going to see a poll. Watch. I have, we do this, okay? I have nine pages of notes, probably even <laughs> more it. than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but you're 19 years old. You grew up in, what, San Diego? Why did you connect with REM so much? Um, because we, you know, San Diego is a part of America. I don't know if you know that. And we have the same radio stations as everyone else. We have this thing called 91X, which is back in, if you lived in San Diego, that was our like cool, you know, main station, 91X. 91X, beach rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, it's more alternative, but fine. Um, it's not beach rock, but um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 91X. <laughs> Okay. Peach I don't know what you're doing. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm I like trying it. to do more of like an emo version yeah. of it. But 91X, see, what happened was I work at a coffee shop that 91X owned. Oh. Right. So we got like Frank Black and like Jewel, and just people would come in and do acoustic sets or whatever on our. It was a oh, that's coffee great. shop. Yeah. yeah. So I was just, I just was raised in like that kind of environment. You know, I had orange hair. I looked like I was from like Blade Runner. But that's how I know about music, too. So this was my first real foray into a full R.E.M. record. Like I like I kept saying, shiny, happy people. Like, I know the hits by R.E.M., but I had never listened to a full album. How many, t- how many times have you seen me naked? Um, at least 16 to 20, at least. Does I mean, you, you got does naked. My, does my body change every time? Or? No, it's, it's, it's scary every time. Thank it's, you. It's, it's adorably welcome. scary. Yeah, That's it's the only cute, way. though, too. You have an incredibly adorable penis. It Thank is you. the cutest you know thing. My, it looks like a beanie baby. Do you guys know what my <laughs> penis is called? My two Tiger Billy fans in there? What's he called? <laughs> That's right. Thank you so Toki much. Toki the Dum Dum. That's good My one. penis is called Toki the Dum Dum. And beware. He's got teeth. <laughs> Ask me about document. <laughs> I enjoyed this record. Yeah. Like I have to say this, it's to be. It's it was a little too political because uh, every single song seemed to have. You know, it could be so poppy. It was funny how they would take something so poppy and the underlying lyrical uh, is all like Reaganomics, McCarthyism. Mm-hmm. It was a little bit right. Heavy. Exhuming McCarthy's on that album. It is on that. Yeah, album. yeah. Uh, but have, there's a, so- a song called Strange. I really like on that album as well. Yeah. But that album also has the one song that just is 90s MTV, which is the end of the world song, right? That's on there, right? It's fantastic. It's yeah. like the most iconic R.E.M. song. That's why I like Document because it's in the middle of sellout because the what, – what's that one with the shiny happy people? I don't like that one. Uh, I keep, out of out of time, yeah, out of nowhere happy. or something? They got too happy there. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the – it's right where it's like still street and cool and college rock and it's kind of – getting into mainstream but not fully yet so that's why i also enjoy that album there's like three huge hits on that album 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. That one? Yeah. And what's another one? Uh, on this record? Yeah, on documentary. Uh, this one goes out to the one I love. That one, that's those a huge one. Those are the two big one. hits that I know. Yeah, yeah those yeah. are the they're only no, two that I do on the this beginning, record. there's a song that's a huge one. Well, let's, let's dive, let's dive, let's into, dive the into the music. Let's dive into it. Yeah. All right, so it opens with the song, Finest Work Song, okay? And when this first came on, Is that I guy was black? like... Are you black? Uh, yeah, but this is about it's REM, DC. so you can just, you know... <laughs> you're not going to get it, so... No, 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 he, he's all right. He, <laughs> I'm Chinese? Okay, good, good, thank you. That's racism, write it down. Write it down, that's pure right, racism. Duly noted. Write, it All right. write it down, okay? Let's, let's go ahead. Uh, <laughs> Peter, go ahead and play the intro of the song for me, buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, my writer, Morty, uh, I have a friend, we have one of our writers on the show, Morty. We all have that friend that just knows the most meaningless facts about albums and everything. Uh, Morty said, this song was influenced when R.E.M. toured with post-punk originals Gang of Four. Love which them. They're a fantastic, fantastic band. We broke down their album Entertainment about maybe like 10 albums ago. Uh, the thundering downbeat, the ringing B-string pulls you right into the album and makes you wonder if you're having a hearing disability because they're playing the same note over and over. Uh, Peter Buck said, the minute we wrote this, we He's pretty much... He's the guitarist, much, by the way. Peter Buck is a guitarist, okay. yes. He said, the minute we wrote this, we pretty much knew that this had to be side one, track one. From the title and the first line, it almost sounds like to me like it's like a musical manifesto. This, the first line from the album is, the time to rise has been engaged. Mm. And I was like, who the fuck are they? The proletariat? Like, what is going on here? After this album came out, though, the band R.E.M. got tagged with being political. And Peter Buck once again said that wasn't our intention, but he's, he said that there was a time of sloganeering. They were getting into something like The Clash, and people think that this is revolutionary mm. and it's garbage, but it's not. What I got from the song, my interpretation, is this song is about what we want and what we need has been confused. I agree 100%. So now, Bobby, you've done... So much. You've been Thank on you. Mad TV, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, that feels good. You were on the Comedy Jam, and you showed your penis. There uh, we are. Which is fantastic. Yeah. You were also in uh, a very Harold and Kumar 3D Christmas. I was also You've first, done everything. I was in the first one as well. Thank you. <laughs> do, you <laughs> do you feel like you want more, or are you content? Bro, I'm so glad you asked me that, because um, it's human nature, I think, to want more. You know, my AA sponsor says, live in the moment, 
be here now, right? Right now, right here, right now. Some Ram Dass. Exactly. This is the only thing that really exists. But your mind, mind drifts because you want to get like, you know, more money or more fame, this and that. But is that what I really want? I don't think. But my human nature, you know what I mean, takes over and I hate it. I, I want to just be happy with what I have now. You know, we all, you know what I mean, do our best. We're good people. And we should just slow down, take a look around at the natures and the trees. And go, why are you laughing, sir? I'm being trying to be real. Okay. So, did, so, yeah. so is, this is you now. That but really hurts because I'm trying to be real and vulnerable. And then you're cackling like a hyena. You know what I mean? Can we start over that part? I want to start that part. Anyway, I want more, but ah, fuck it. Is this something? You fucked it up. It's like, you know, these guys, they're Tiger Belly fans, but... You know, I'm gonna let that slide. I love you guys so much for coming out. Thanks for the shirt. But, so, yeah. but, but is this something new or is this something that developed over time? Because I just, you know, with all the stuff that you've done, I mean, I, one of the best, some of the best advice I ever heard was from my buddy Gerard and- Who's he? Gerard uh, Carmichael. We all started together. You don't, don't remember know. Gerard? Okay. Um, <laughs> hangs out with Oprah now, you're not? Oh, okay, Gerard. Gerard, yeah. Uh, but he gave me the best advice, which is keep your eyes on your own test. And, no. and just you don't you agree cheat. with that. Look at everyone to cheat. Yeah, that's my thing. Fuck draw. And but don't you, you look at everyone? You have it all written down on your arm, <laughs> right? You, you know, in behind the glasses, I wear sunglasses. I look. All my answers are in the thing. Yeah, but do, I do cheat you, a lot. But do but you feel that you have he's matured right. into this belief, or is this something that Gerard is absolutely right? Because yeah. the thing is, is this: is that my pain and suffering always comes from comparing myself with other people and also people that I love. Can you vape in here? I am. I'm going to do it too. But yeah, it's like, and there are people, my friends who are very talented and they get stuff. Yeah. I'm very happy for them. I really am. It's my enemies. When my enemies, I'll drive down the street and I see one of my enemies on a billboard. Oh, that gets you. Yeah. Spiritual pain and suffering. Here's the thing. Um, the reason why I wanted to be on Splitting Up Together was because I thought that, you know, on Barham, when you drive by Warner Brothers, oh, yeah. they have those gigantic billboards of their shows. And you thought you were All I one? wanted to be is on a billboard on that wall so that when my enemies, because it's so congested there, yeah. they have to stop and they have to look at my head, you know, whatever, and the pain that they would feel. That's the only reason why I want to be on a show, <laughs> is to cause other people pain. <laughs> Is that healthy? I don't no, know. No, it's not it, healthy it at all, It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. No, yeah, it shouldn't. Yeah. But you know what I do? I get jealous when I see, like, you know, um, this is going to sound so stupid. This is, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. <laughs> Hit me. But I didn't want to watch Endgame because I heard Ken was in it, and I, because and I, he plays, he has no line. He's just a security guard, right? Yeah. But, and I love Ken. I went to his wedding, everything. But I know that. If I watched the movie, I'd be like, how come I do <laughs> I mean, it's dumb. It's really dumb. You can play it. I can't believe I said it out loud. You can play a security guard. I'm ashamed. Guard. I'm shameful. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, but I do agree with that. All right, Thank let's move on, on to the second song on the document. record. Yeah. All right, welcome to The Occupation. Peter, play the intro for me.
This is the third song that R.E.M. have about the Reagan-era American interventions in South and Central America, where we backed right-wing anti-communist dictators during civil wars that contributed to hundreds of thousands of murders, rapes, and tortures. You know... Comedy podcast material. <laughs> yeah. And we're skipping this track, unless, Bobby, you are a political comedian, but I no, I'm, doubt... Listen, I'm going to be honest with you, and yeah. I don't know what all these mean. These are just I don't notes. Know why I picked it up. I don't know why I did that, but um, listen to me. I always... I don't know why, but I always click past that song. Yeah, it's just... It, it, it just didn't stick that, out to me. That it sounds like I, mean, I love this whole album. Yeah. I'll go click. Because the next one, you know? Yeah. Which but is... Here's, here's another thing, too, please. and I feel ashamed. For, I'm sorry. No, you're good, bud. Yeah, yeah. Here's the thing. I remember. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put my arm on oh, you. Me, yeah, 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 do that. Okay, no, it's weird. Let's not do it. <laughs> I fucked up. Um, here's the thing with you that I want to tell because some of you, a lot of people are your fans, and I'm gonna get back to the track, all right? But I want to talk about you for a second, okay? This man right here sitting next to me is a resilient human being, and he's been through a lot of suffering and pain, and he made out, made it out of that. And look at him now. When he was on his show, what was the show called? The Which, TV show? The when TV show? It, uh, the, the Comedy God Jam. Goddamn Comedy Jam, right? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. I, I went up to him and I, I looked him right in his little eyes. You have big eyes, actually. I'm sorry. His big eyes. And I said, I'm, look at how far you've come from where, where you were. I'm so proud of you. You really hung in there and you, pres- you persevered. Thank you, buddy. Okay. Where that's clapping. You can clap, I, I, that's clap that out. You that's, know what, guys? I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you should have been an Endgame, brother. Thank you. No, that was great. I, you've 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 always been so sweet to me. Yeah. Um, and when and you, that was why you were the first. Well, no, I'm not gonna lie. You were probably like the 15th person I asked for this. But, but man, are you not that, staying on being, topic? Is, is that being real though? <laughs> no, no, no. You, How many you people are, did you ask before you asked me? I want to know that right now. I need uh, to know that before I move on. Go ahead. I'd say. Be honest though. I'd say about honestly. Yeah. Thirteen, and that and that might be. Give me some of the names. That's Adam Sandler, this. Trevor Noah. Wait, is Adam Sandler Hassan Minaj? Is Adam uh, Sandler here at Montreal right he now? He is here, but oh yes, yeah. And you asked him. I mean, we we tried to get something to him. We like passed him a note or something. Well, that's a pretty good one. So yeah, okay, we tr- we tried like literally all the. Here's the deal. The reason I didn't want to ask you right off the jump is that you're my neighbor, and I knew you could just walk over to my house, and we could have done this before. But when I reached out and asked you if you liked REM, and you were like, "I love REM," I was like, "Oh, well, then there's no one I'd rather have on this show than you." You see? Really? Yeah, dude. <laughs> okay. All right, let's jump into Exhuming McCarthy because this is one of the songs I that you like. I love this song. Incensed by the early 1987 television trial concerning Reagan's role in the covert Iran-Contra affair that became an illegal guns for hostages deal, Michael Stipe saw parallels with Senator Joe McCarthy's 1950s communist witch hunt. Peter, play 59 seconds in. Bested interest, united ties, land This is the happiest song about Reaganomics I've ever heard in my life. Trickle down effect. <laughs> Trickle down effect. Iron Which Contra does work, by the way. Sca- you know. 
and trickle uh, down economy works. So uh, um, guitarist Peter Buck said, "All you have to do is turn on the TV, and you're inundated with complete lies from people who are supposed to be running the country." Now, uh, go to Spotify to hear this, but if you go in deeper into the song, you will hear a '50s era sound clip of then Chief Counsel of the United States Army Joseph Welch's legendary rebuke of McCarthy during the congressional hearings that helped start the backlash against McCarthyism. And I'm wondering who made that decision. Like, yeah. when did Michael Stipe say, but when did Michael Stipe say, you know what would really make this song rock? Some raw audio from C-SPAN, you know? <laughs> Let's get some raw audio. Now, have you ever been forced to do something in your career that you didn't want to do? Oh my God, so many things. Well, give me one. Like I've done like, like really, th like Japanese businessman number one, like roles like that. And they go, you, you don't sound Asian enough. Right, and you go, Harold. Oh and then, no, I'm being real. Back in the 90s, that's what we got. You have to go in the room and the line would be, Harold, Mr. Smith, bye bye, whatever the line is, right? And you, you would go in, and they slate your name. My name is Bobby. What agency? Whatever. Go. Uh, hello, Mr. Smith. You know what I mean? Bye-bye. More Asian. And so the, by the time you're done, you're literally like this. Dead on. Dead on, right? Can and I'm you like, be I'm never gonna... more Asian for me? And you're yeah. just like, oh, oh. <laughs> just literally. Do you ever hear stroke? my King Kong story? No, tell me. All right, so in the movie King Kong, right? You remember Peter Jackson's masterpiece? Um, <laughs> in King Kong, there was a Chinese guy. I don't know if you remember, but there was one Chinese guy, and he's running from King Kong in the movie, right? So I remember they called in all the A-list Asian actors to read for that part. There's no line. Right, so we're all sitting there, and I would walk, like guys like John Cho walk out of a room just with sweat dripping off their faces, just in complete devastation. So then you'd go in, and they had this gigantic cardboard cutout of King Kong, right? And they would go, all right, so just run in a circle and scream. I go, what? You just run, because King Kong? So you're running, ah, in a circle. And then they said, I swear to fucking God, they said, can you do it more Chinese? So this is what I did, I swear to God. I went, ah, yeah! <laughs> and I walked out of there, I, I literally I was like, I think I'm done, I think, I think I'm done, I, I'm gonna move. I cannot do this anymore. What, so yes, I've done a lot of things. How do, you, how do you make sure that that doesn't happen now? You just say no. Well, now, like, you've I, built, no, I hear, now you've built enough of not just a following, but like, I mean, you are in a sense like a legend of the comedy store. I mean, you're a real, <laughs> you, you are, you are, and you're, you, you are. I mean, would you guys say that Bobby is an icon in stand up comedy? And, 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 and wouldn't you say that his penis is an icon in stand up comedy? All right, let's jump to the hits, all right? So hits. track six, hits. it's the end of the world as we know it. I think this is one that everybody in here probably knows. Everyone knows. Uh, so this was heavily influenced by Bob Dylan's song, Subterranean Homesick Alien. Uh, this is actually a pretty, it's for me, like I'm not stupid, but there's just, it's a very smart song. I mean, they have this whole like LB initial thing with Leonard Bernstein and Leonid Brezhev and Lenny Bruce I know and Lester Bangs and... Uh, it's just a little complicated. So what I thought we would do 
is uh, we should just do our own version of it's the end of the world as we know it using the anxieties that we have in our head right now. So for well, me, you could, you it could would, do it. You so could I'm going to try it, and then you're going to do no, it. No, I'm not going to do it. You, you can do you, it because I don't know what about. What the fuck are you going to do it? Yeah, but I don't know what you're asking me to do. That's the thing. Well, I'm going to try it, and I'll then try you're going to do I'll it. Try okay. it All right. I am having a panic attack right now because Bobby won't stay on topic. His <laughs> penis is coming out. Why does he keep talking to that guy there? Oh, I know he's got to be at the taping on time. Don't worry. We planned it out, so you don't need to bring it up. Just answer the fucking. <laughs> Question. It's the end of the oh, world. Oh, wow, that's, that's great. Me. Now, your turn. Here we go. I'll do it in a different language, maybe. Please, no, hit me. It's the end of the world. Pretty good, huh? Hello, everybody. I'm Bruce. And I'm Nolan, and this is the Corner of Gray Street Podcast. As longtime Dave Matthews Band fans, we set out to create a podcast to dive deep into the past, present, and future of DMB. Not only do we recap and review shows within an ongoing tour, but we revisit past shows from throughout the band's history, conduct interviews with a wide variety of guests with ties to DMB, and create unique and exclusive content like our Concerts on the Corner series. Whether you're a fan of the band or just a fan of great music, we think you'll find something you'll enjoy. We can't wait to see you on The Corner of Gray Street. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the one-hit thunder or nothing more than a one-hit blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods. All right, but let's get to the meat and potatoes of the song. This song, in a sense, is about the end of the world. Yeah. How prepared are you for the end of the world? Well, I'm a survivor, for sure. And um, I'm very prepared. It's a good instinct. I don't think so. Do you really think that you're prepared? It's fucking rude, man. No, I just... No, see, I, listen, you, you I, I do... I do listen. I, no, I'm going to answer, but I do, cross, rude. I do CrossFit. And so I think that that'll at least buy me six months. So do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I've seen never seen you doing water? any. No, I've never. You're you're buoyant. Yeah. You've never seen me float in water. I was in the Philippines, bro, and I just discovered this about myself. I can sleep on my back in the ocean. All right. So can you do that, fucker? I, I, mean, I really can't. I fell asleep, and then I went a mile out, and they had to get a boat. Wait, 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 wait. You me. fell asleep and you drifted yeah, a mile my, my, out? My girlfriend and her family were on the beach playing volleyball <laughs> and I fell asleep. I was a mile out, dead asleep on my back like this. I could have died. You're not on like a floaty thing. This is no, just no, on I have your yellow back. fat. Uh, fat, I mean, I just says yellow. It's fine. You're crazy. I have brown fat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm a f really fat guy and I have, I guess, a lot of air in my body. I'm going to psych this. I, yeah, you, yeah. you are gassy. I yeah, can I'm very see gassy. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like I, I could survive, dude. I also, um, I'm a coward, 
and the cowards always survive. I would sell you down the road. You'd sell, you oh, would sell me sure. out. Oh, a million yeah, percent. I would sell you, you down the road. I would manipulate everyone around me. I would, uh, I would kill people to stay alive. So yeah, I, I'm good. You don't think people, I'm like a roach. You, you don't think people? <laughs> I'm a roach. That's yeah, yeah. what I am. Listen, you, you know, you look in the mirror and you, you, you find out who you are over the years. And I'm a good guy, but I'm a bad guy too. I'm normal. You are you are like a little uh, yeah. yin and yang. I'm yin and yang. And that's you're... very good. It's racist, but it's very good. You should have used a different um, analogy or whatever. But um, you're yang and yin. Metaphor is it a metaphor? Yeah, yeah. That's better. <laughs> that's yang and better. Yang. But um, yeah, I'm fifty-fifty. You know. But um, I feel like I'm more good than bad. Like, I, no, it. I think you are. You're you're a very very you have a very beautiful soul, man. You've always been. You were so sweet what? to me. <laughs> oh fuck! <laughs> Say it again. Say it again. I I you have a beautiful soul. He does. He's, he's got a, he's, you have an incredible energy and it's infectious, man. But and am I nice out of guilt? Like when you were in the hospital that one time, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I got to give him money. But did I do it because I care about you or I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know. I think, I think you did it because you have a beautiful soul you, and you're what, a sweet person. Yeah, no, I really do. I really do. I really believe it too. Well, I, you, you know, know I mean? I've seen the way that you help so many younger comics. Uh, you, you bring them on the road. You give them like their first like real like chance at doing like a long set on the road. Mm-hmm. And then you kick them to the curb <laughs> and you find the next young little comedian. You that, know what? I've been, I've been known to do that. I you have, yeah. That. Yeah. Well, here's the thing though, all right? When you bring a guy on the road, especially if he's a doorman, and he's now, you know, making assumptions that he's going to go on every gig, and he takes it for granted, that's when I cut them off. But if they stay kind of like hungry and, you know, anyways, ask me that next. How do you think the the world will end? Truthfully or in a funny way? Which... Let's give me whatever one you want. I think, you know, people think the singularity, you know, they they think that one day in the next 20 years, machine will get consciousness. I think several things will happen. Peak oil and singularity at the same time, and then you'll see how the planet just breaks down extremely fast. No, I agree with that. Right, so, you know, we're consuming way too much oil. Eventually, we're gonna run out of the shit, okay? And number two, we're, we're just advancing so quickly in terms of technology that in 10 or 15 years, and I think a lot of people that are in those fields predict that in the next 20 or 30 years that, you know, that machine will have consciousness and there'll inevitably be a war and then we're going to die, right? So both things. No, I, I, uh... Look at the ladies leaving. <laughs> you, walk, yeah. you walked her on that. Yeah, she's going to throw away her iPad no, I, and everything. Look at her. I completely agree with yeah, that. Yeah, I feel yeah. like we are just destroying our planet. Wait, and... don't we know her? Yeah, that was Emily from the comedy store. Fucking Emily, you don't walk out like that. I'm your friend. But she tried to do the duck down oh, and yeah, not yeah, be yeah. seen. Oh, that's, 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 you didn't have to call her out. Go, Ray, oh, yeah, you yeah, got it. Let it go. You got it, it back. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, let's, let's go, go into let's go into the one I love. Now, uh, in my opinion, I think this is REM's best song ever. Uh, I think for a lot of us, Peter, do you have a bit, a little bit of it? You want to play it? This one goes out to. This one goes out to the one I've left behind. Can I say something about this song? And this is real. I'm not Please. trying to make a joke out of it. But this is one of R.E.M.'s evergreen songs, which means 
that it seems timeless. You know, I have a lot of things in my act, and a lot of comics do this, where you write bits that can work forever, right? Just in case, you know, evergreen stuff that everyone sure. can understand, switches that everyone, and I think that that particular song, it's just a time, that could have been written now. No, 100%. Or 30 it's, years ago. It's, you know it's, I mean? it's, it's a great it's, song. That's a perfect point. Well, I feel like a lot of the album is dated in 86. Like because, this, because of the political. Even, yeah, even, yeah. even just, even just the, the end of the world as we know it. I mean, that was like during that, like, you know, the late 80s when you got, you know, R.E.M. doing it, Billy Joel doing We Didn't Start the Fire. And, mm-hmm. and, and that's biting off something that Bob Dylan did from the 60s. Whereas this one goes out to the one I love. I mean, 100%. It's, you could, if somebody released it now, it would be a hit. I think. Yeah. Uh, and this to me is the one that I have the deepest connection to because I, you were saying about 991 in San Diego, I had WHFS in DC and they would play this nonstop. And then I would just bitch and be like, when are they going to play Stone Temple Pilots? <laughs> yeah. Because that was what I was into. Yeah. Uh, now, a lot of people uh, do know that this is the song that put them on the map, but often misinterpreted as a love song. This is just the opposite. Michael Stipe described this song as about using people over and over. Mm. Have you been used in a relationship? Like sexually? However you want to take it. No, impossible. How is that impossible? People use me physically. Listen, guys. Have I made love before? Yes. (laughs) Yes, right? Am I good? Four out of ten. You know, a little below average. Am I something, like, I'll give you an example. I'm going to say, I've never said this before. I can't believe I'm saying it. But um, there was a girl, right, that when I pulled up at the comedy store, she was just in the parking lot. This is before I met Kalila. And she walks up to me and she goes, hi, I'm going to say her name, but she goes, hi, um, I'm a big fan. Can I spend the night at your house? Right? So I go, sure. (laughs) Right? And then we made love that night, right? And we made love for seven nights in a row. Thank you. But what happened <laughs> by Saturday, right, what happened was somebody called me and says, don't bring her to the club. And I go, why? And this person said, because, you know, I'm bringing my wife. And I go, what does that have anything to do with the girl that I have? She goes, everyone has been hooking up with that girl, right? So then years later, Russell Peters goes, do you know who that is? I go, yeah, right, but he said that she listed off every guy that she had hooked up with except me. Really? She denies that she had made love to me. In seven days, she didn't have to pay rent or nothing. And I pay for every meal and everything. And she tells everyone in town, I didn't fuck that guy. It makes me feel hurtful. Oh, that would break my heart, man. So did you do anything to, did you do anything to like get back at her? Or no, like, I tried to find what, her. What, you know, I didn't because, no, because you know what? I know what I bring to the table. I don't bring like, you know, I don't look like Brad Pitt kind of. People think I sometimes do, but they, you know, it's fine. <laughs> but I, you know, I think that some women, they find me attractive, but I yeah, know that's not my thing. I'm more personality, but you don't have to do that. Yeah, you're, you're, you're a radish. Like some people love radishes, you know? <laughs> I love radishes. That's why you're here. You're a radish. That's dope, dude. Radishes are good. They go with tacos and on some salads. That's pretty good. Just, just move on. All right, we're gonna, <laughs> we're, we're gonna go to uh, my 
favorite song on the record, which is the final song on the record, which is Odd Fellows Local 151. Uh, Peter, play a little bit of that for me. I like this song. Well, the reason I played this one is that this is probably the darkest song on the record. Uh-huh. And to come off such a positive album, you know, where even though they're saying heavy things, it's still the music tonally is just very positive. I mean, this is a really, really dark song. This song should have been an automatic for the people, I think. No, I agree with that. It's definitely. Automatic for people is a, is a, it's a very dark record. Yeah, that's got album, Everybody yeah. Hurts, right? Yeah, yeah. So this song is based on true Night people. Night Swimming, too. This song is based on true people and events, according to Peter Buck. The song is actually about all those winos who used to live down the street from us. These old guys would sleep in their cars, drink all the time. I think there was a guy named Pee Wee as well. Michael knew them because he used to live next door to him. And Michael Stipe said, this song is about the way people fall through the cracks uh, with drugs and alcohol. Now, oh. I, I know that you've had some experience. What has your experience been with alcohol and substance abuse? There's a lot of things that I've done in my life. I tried everything once, okay? LSD once, heroin once. I sucked a penis once. <laughs> That's not, I've already talked about it, so you know what I mean? And I'm not gay, so, but I did it, you know what I mean? I smoked pot, too, you know, and uh, wine once. So I do everything. I drank <laughs> wine once, but I've done everything once, but like, um, what really gets me is the opiates. They're great. Op- feel, they're so good. That's so the problem. It's like yeah. you're getting into a warm bath and then taking it with you everywhere you go. Yeah, but when I you're taking sixty a day, which is what I was doing. What were you taking? Vicodin these, ES? No, it was these blue pills that my pun friend Paul Vato, and they're for horses, I think. He gave me horse Vicodin. Horse Vicodin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I would just eat it like it was like candy. And I remember bringing it to the comedy store and giving it to Joey Diaz and a bunch of people. What did they think? Well, then the comedy store called me and goes, don't show up for a while because you're doing giving drugs. to." You know, it was a really bad time. Well, that's the thing about opiates that people don't realize because I had a problem with them is just that, you know, you get them from a doctor. So yeah. we just look at it like, oh, these can't be that bad. And literally you're taking heroin. Uh, but it feels it's, it's the worst did, detox I have ever been through. Why did you Why did you connect with it so much? Did it do something to your comedy? You know, at that time, I had twelve years sobriety, and I um I got on mad, and I just was so miserable there. I fucking would dread going to that job. Like I would drive there just in fear sweats. Yeah, it was just because I had never really taken acting classes. I didn't really know what TV was, and all of a sudden I'm young and I'm lunged into a situation where I have to know what the cameras are and what what's a jib or your mark i don't know any of this shit and you have to learn lines and and everyone's from like second city or the groundlings i'm a stand-up so everyone knows how to do improv games and write characters i don't know anything and i show up and i have to like show up day one and do that and it took me two years to learn it you know, so the first two years was the worst two years because I nobody wanted to write anything with me because I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah. And I was also um, really green. I was just green. I would look into the camera. Don't look in the camera. You know what I mean? And stuff like that. It was embarrassing. Yeah. But to go through the pain of that, and I had a producer say that I wasn't good. Like he says, I'm trying to get rid of you. He literally yeah, said that yeah, to you. The first week I was there. I don't, you know, I... The guy said not to say that again, but I did it. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, 
sorry, I fucked up. But like, yeah, I mean, I, um, when he said that to me, I had 12 years of sobriety. But see, what happened was, I know when to get back to your fucking album. But, no, you're um, good, dude. I, please, I, but what I love this. Was, I love what this. happened was, is, is that I, um, I wasn't going to meetings. I didn't go to a meeting in five years, but I was still sober. So when he said that, and I, when I was experiencing those things early on at MAD, I was so vulnerable that I just said, I want to die. So I started doing it, but then what happened was they fired me after the second season. I got sober, and then they hired me back, and I spent six years more on that show sober, and that was the best six years of my life. Good, good for you, yeah, buddy. Yeah, so give me a round of applause. Yeah! Happy days are here again. The sky is blue and clear. All right, you want to do some facts? It feels good. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind, uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick, and usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work, but we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh revisiting classic material talking about the new classics um all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that that you either love want to love or hate yeah imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh has impacted your life uh and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week so triangulate your speaker's Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe for Grind podcast. You want to do some facts? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the facts and the facts and the facts. <laughs> During the making of this album, the three instrumentalists of R.E.M. were the main backing band for the recording of Warren Zevon's 1987 comeback album, Sentimental Hygiene, and Michael Stipe even sang on it. Uh, what hero of yours, dead or alive, would you like to work with? I mean, uh, dead? Whoever you want, brother. Uh, okay, brother. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to turn into Hulk Hogan I mean, right what there. What the fuck happened there? Tell me what... what, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. what? Um, you look like a Milton Berle kind of fan. Yeah. You know what? I've always wanted to work with... Um, there's a couple of people. Can I just use it? Can I, have, can I have two options? Please. Thank you. I would love to work with Kaufman, Andy Kaufman. Oh, my because God. Because he would hate you. I know you would. Because was. you'd be upstaging him. And... I know. That's why. Here's the thing. It's what people don't get about me is the kind of comedy I do isn't really what I want to do. What do you want to do? It's the one that's going to make me successful. But what I really want to do is do what Kaufman does. No laughs. Make it, you know, control, you know what I mean? Control all aspects of the perform. What? What's the second person? No, 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 no. <laughs> you very good. Very fuck you, dude. When you walked in, I did the whole fucking Sklar Brothers thing. You fucking yeah, he, me under he the bus, did, fucker. He did dap fucker. you up. You fucking filthy fucker. No, not no him. Not him, fucker. Um, sorry, bro- brother. No, sorry, brother. <laughs> I got angry. Um, no, there's a guy named Johnny Yoon. You know Johnny Yoon? I've never heard of him. So no. Johnny Yoon was the first Korean comic at the comedy store. And he got there in the late 70s. He was a handsome Korean guy, barely spoke English. And um, 
it's so funny because they did they gave him two movies. The first one was called They Call Me Bruce, and he was a star of that. Remember that movie? It was a, I love that movie, right? So Johnny Yoon, like you know, as an Asian, you know, you look you look at Asian comics now. You have Ronnie Chang, Ronnie very Chang, good. yeah, okay, the Booster Kid, he's very good. You know, uh, Jimmy O Yang. Jimmy O Yang. You, you look at comics now. You, it started with Margaret, right? You see, they they just they reflect American society and who they are. But back in the day, Koreans didn't really even have to speak English, and they got on stage. So Johnny Yoon's opening line, I swear to fucking God, and they got a two minute applause break, was this: They would bring him up on stage. He'd have wear a bow tie, and he'd walk in front of an audience. And his opening line was this. Hello. That's a that's a really good opener. I, can I have that? <laughs> he says hello and gets people to go this. Yeah. If I did that now, I wouldn't be here with you. They had it a little easier, but I love Johnny Young. I'd love to work with him. Okay, here we go. The band went through a few terrible names as possibilities, including Twisted Kites and Cans of Piss, before the band settled on R.E.M. after Michael Stipe supposedly found it randomly in a dictionary. I don't think they'd be as good if they were called Cans of Piss. But what misstep could have been the end of your career? Mine? Yeah. I didn't get sober that last time. And it's funny, it's like, um, at the end of the day, and here's why I think that if you're an alcoholic or you're in drugs and you're in comedy, right, why sobriety is so important because when you get sober, right, the, your first and foremost goal isn't to be famous or to make money or to gain, right, is to help other people because that's the only way to get sober is to get out of yourself. That's why when I got sober, I was like, you know, my life is more important. I want to, ha- I want to be a normal cut person. Yeah. So then all the other stuff like development deals or whatever things you think of as a young comic, those just disappear because it's not what your life is about. My life is about not, this is what I do for a living, you know? No, I agree with that. I don't it's, know. Well, it's just hard. I mean, like, how, how hard was that for you to adjust immediately becoming sober? I mean, when you're... Cause immediately. Opiates, um, opiates are just so... Are just... Because you people don't know that you're on them. So you could just take them and just, you know, go throughout life. And it makes boring things incredible. So I that know. adjustment for me was actually pretty difficult. You know, through the program and then through, like, meditation and stuff like that. Like, that's how I've been able to extend it. But just how was that at the beginning, trying to adjust well, to stand I, I, up? It, it, Well, I mean, at the time when I got sober, I, I was on a show. You had to show up and do the fucking table reads yeah. and show up and, and do all that stuff. So I had to do—I had to immediately use yeah. that— you know, point of view into my life where I was going to go crazy. No, I, I want to see exact same thing because I got sober two weeks before we shot the, uh, hour special for the comedy jam. Uh-huh. So it was easy at that time for me to be like, okay, I have a reason to get sober. Yeah, I have yeah, a life, yeah. but you know, for other people, that's why I think it's, it's really great that you still are very connected to the program and you're helping people that don't have a TV show or something like that. And that's something that I think he does deserve a round of Thank applause you. for people. Thank you. In 2001, Peter Buck became intoxicated on a plane and went on a rampage. This is a good one. He apparently tried to steal cutlery from the plane, and when confronted by the pilot, said, You're just a fucking captain. I'm R.E.M. Buck was never convicted of anything, but it was still far from his proudest moment. 
Uh, what's the most ridiculous thing that you've ever done? Um, and I am asking a guy I mean, who like, exposed his dick on Comedy week, Central. You know what so. I mean? I've done I've done so many ridiculous things. Which which is one that stands out? There's a thirty right now. It just pops into my head. So I'll just pick one of the thirty. Grab okay? one out of the nugget. And I had a um, audition for um, <laughs> a, a director, and I killed it. For, like sometimes I mostly bomb, but this one. I killed it. You know you killed when the director goes, hey, don't leave yet. I want to ask you about your life. That's when you know. That's always oh, a good fuck, sign. Yeah, that's, this, that's... Right? He goes, come closer. It was a, you know, a heavy set African-American director, right? And we were laughing, telling stories. But in one of the laughters, I don't know what, why I did this, but I poked him in the belly and I go, fatty. <laughs> right? So, like, like laughed with me, right? Laugh with me. <laughs> Fatty. And then as soon as I did that, he shut down and he goes, thank you. So then I, so I, I grab my script and, and just walk out of the door and go, I lost it. <laughs> Everything's in slow motion. Yeah, I do that all the time. That's a good one though. No, my gut goes, do that. But then my gut's wrong, you know? <laughs> Another one that I did was, um, you brought it up, so um, no, I had dude. an audition, another audition where I, um, they, it was on a Saturday, and I thought it was just the casting director, but when I showed up, it was everybody. They set up cameras. Producer, session, director, everybody. Not even, yeah. green screen, the whole fucking thing, and I never even read it. Oh, fuck. So I walk in, I go, I gotta get out of here. I can't do this audition, I don't know it. In this whole room of people, like this many people. So I walk up, right? So this, imagine you, the cameras, everything. And, I, and they all came to see me, by the way. There's no other one, anyone else auditioning. And they go, and they go, are you ready? I go, yeah. And then they go, go ahead. And I go, bye. <laughs> and I fucking left. You're I fucking left. And then, I got in so much trouble. So that's that. Don't do that anymore. All right, gonna, last one. Last one okay. that we're getting you out Anybody of here, okay? okay? The band called it quits in 2011, and a reunion seems very unlikely. In September 2011, REM stunned the world by announcing they were breaking up. When the band made Collapse Into Now, they knew it would be their final album. Mm. The split had less to do with the band getting sick of each other and more to do with having nothing nothing left to do as REM. So my question to you is where do you find your inspiration and what makes you want to write a joke? Well, um, let's just go back to that. So Mike Mills, Peter Buck and, um, Stipe were in the band, right? The drummer quit first, right? Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing though, like the talking heads, like in my mind, I'm like the talking heads are all alive. They, their first four albums are masterpieces. Right? I mean, Brian Eno produced them. I mean, yeah. they're so good, but they'll never get back together and make all that money. I don't get it. So I, hopefully R.E.M. in a f 10 years does a reunion tour. I think that at, by that time, I think we'll all want it. We'll no, miss I, it, I, want it. You know I, I, mean? I would like, you know, it's a band that I wish I could have seen live. I mean, I, I was never a huge fan, but it's just they were so important to so many people in the 80s and the 90s and the songs that I do like by them, I love. So back to the question. I saw you just brought up. I was I saw Nirvana perform three months before they passed. They Kurt Cobain died. Yeah, 
And I remember like when they played Smells Like Teen Spirit, I was on a date, right? And she was much taller than me. And I started jumping up like that. And then when I jumped up, it hit her tooth and her tooth cracked. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, never saw me again. Did you finish the concert? Yeah. Well, she right. was like bleeding, it was crazy. But where do you get your inspiration from, brother? I don't really have any. Well, inspiration for what? Living? For, for your comedy. Here's a good answer. Please. Um, you know, I was losing inspiration, but, but I'm hosting the Nazi shows. And um, there's a couple of guys I had never seen. I knew about them, but I'd never seen them perform. And when I saw them, because I've been with them for two weeks doing the show, one of the guys has really inspired me to, like, get better. Like, this dude is killing it. You know what I mean? Andrew Schultz, he's killing he's it. He's fantastic, He's yeah. so good, and I'm watching him kill, and I go, all right. <laughs> but Andrew Schultz, like, and Jessamy Palooza, everyone on the lineup, really, has gotten me to go, well, I want to do you're, more. You're at also the, you know, not just here, but you're also at the Comedy Store, which is well, like one of the, I mean, it's the greatest comedy club in the world, and it's like you, you're around, like, watching, you must have seen, like, Sebastian Grow and some of these other comics. I was there real. the first night he ever went up on stage. Oh, wow. You know that? No, I didn't he know He has that. it on tape, and he played, they played it on, like, CBS and local news. They showed me bringing him up on stage. He was fucking terrible. And I walked up to him, I go, don't ever do it again. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, it's just the bada-bing, bada-boom thing. You know what I mean? It's like, because he was more like dice, I guess. But then as the years go by, he finds his own voice. You seem to he's develop, a fucking yeah. Animal. All right. Well, let me ask you this He's so we can beast. end this for you. By the I don't so want to end right now because you now there's a topic I want to talk about. I know. Please, then then bring it on. What's the What's the next? What we're talking? Well, this topic? is this is. I was going to ask you your final thoughts on this album. On my final thoughts on the REM album is um, that it is if you're green, if you're not, if you don't know REM, yeah. this would be a good introduction. In, how do you say it? Introductory. That's a, it's a hard word. I don't know that one. Introductory. 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 Intra, 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 album. Introduction. It's just a great it's an introduction. introduction to REM. That's better. Thank you. It's a great introduction to REM. So go buy it or download it. How are you get doing? Get it? No, get it on Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, man. Spotify is the best. Spotify is the best. Bobby, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for doing this. Oh. And you've said so many nice things to me over the years. Like, you've always been so sweet to me. You were so sweet to Angelo. You're so sweet to so many comics. And I think you are just one of the funniest people out there, man. So thank you so much for coming on. And thank you to all of you. Thank you to Just for Laughs. Thank you to Spotify. And I mean it, guys, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you guys for coming out. I love you, Bobby. It was wild. It was insane. It was informative. Ladies and gentlemen, Bobby Lee. For all things Bobby Lee, go to his website, BobbyLeeLive.com, at Bobby Lee Live, and make sure you listen to his podcast, Tiger Belly, on Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. We're going to be posting his Spotify mixtape link at the500podcast.com. Email us, 500podcast at gmail.com. Follow me at Josh Adam Myers on all social media. August 20th, I'm doing the five-year anniversary of the goddamn Comedy Jam at the Roxy with Jim Jeffries, Big J Okerson, and Brad Williams. I'd love if you joined us. All tickets can be found at the website, joshadammyers.com. Please subscribe on Spotify or your favorite platform you listen to podcasts and give us that rate and review. Now, we just listened to R.E.M. from 1987. We had two submissions direct from artists that were influenced by this album. 
From Emmonsville, Indiana, we have Corduroy Orbison with their song Balance. And from Scranton, Pennsylvania, we have Patrick McLynn with his song Pills and Guns. You can find the Spotify links to their music posted on the500podcast.com. And if you're in a band and were directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured on the 500 website, send your song to 500podcast at gmail.com. Make sure you put the album and the artist that influenced you in the subject line. And our music director, Matt Pinfield, you know, not another Matt Pinfield, the Matt Pinfield, will pick your song and put it on our website. Next week, it's Public Image LTD and their 1979 album, Metal Box. So y'all got some homework to do. Listen to it on Spotify and stay fleecy. Hi, this is Chad Nicefield. And this is Justin Press. We're the host of Making Waves, the Shiprock Podcast, a part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. We're inviting you to sail away with us on an epic journey in musical enlightenment. Every week, we bring you only the best artists in rock music and discuss everything from the cruise to the stage to the saga of being a professional recording artist. We'll have lots of special guests along the way, so tune in every week. Your stateroom is available every Monday morning, so welcome aboard. The number you have reached is 100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like this Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Next Chapter Podcasts.